Hello, welcome to the LifeBridge podcast. We exist to practice the way of Jesus, participating in God's kingdom coming in Dover as it is in heaven. My name is Tyler Saldana and I'm the pastor of our church community. We are so grateful that you're checking out our church's podcast. We pray that the Spirit uses this podcast to encourage you in your following of Jesus. This morning we are concerning at the subject of joy or rejoicing. And uh, the passage is, the question is, how do we rejoice in this passage or what is shared? And there are a couple passages for this Sunday. Isaiah 35, 1 through 10, Psalms 146, 5 through 10, James 5, 7 through 10, and Matthew 11, 2 through 11, which is what I'm using this morning and what had been read. I'm going to play a song this morning, and it's really not going to be that much concerning the scriptures. But sometimes a secular song will sort of stop us and help us to look at reality. And, uh, and that has always, uh, I like music, and uh, I like different culture in music. And that's why, why we're going to play this song this morning. And along with that, I want you to be observant. I'm going to ask some questions or try to get some feed from you. But I know you're only going to listen to it one time. I've listened to it a couple times. But anyhow, we're going to see what, what you get out of it. And we're going to reminisce a little bit here because I reflect a little bit back to the past two, three, four years of my life, losing parents, losing siblings, and some of you have lost uh, sons, daughters, siblings, and parents, and so forth like that, and, and husband and wife, and so forth like that. Loss is sorrowful. It hurts. But take a deep breath. You're here this morning. We are alive. So this Christmas season, we are here. If the Lord tarries and lets us have breath, we are going to be part of this Christmas season. And it's like one, I came across the saying that said, it is not my birthday, it's not your birthday, it is Jesus' birthday we're celebrating. So sometimes we forget about it. We, we talk about it, but the real deal is it's Jesus' birthday. And that's what the event is all about, coming step by step into Christmas season on the day when he came as a baby. We celebrate that, and then also we have we look at it along the line. We have hope that he's coming again. We're going to have an eternal home in heaven. So that's what Advent is all about, to remind us, to make us stop, look, and listen. Uh, if you're ready, Anthony, let's play the song. Naked as we came, he may drive a coupe de belle 
Tony Mansion on the hill Don't mean nothing when St. Peter calls your name Are you going out the same way you came in? Don't matter who you know or where you've been Makes no difference who you are Skitter of your superstar feedback you know sometimes in life it's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission I learned so if you had a problem with that song this morning but what did you you want to respond anybody okay to begin with they made mention of the fact we come in we have nothing we leave we have nothing we might be bigger in size and so forth like that and differences when we leave. It talks about the reality of who we are and so forth like that. And then also the last part talks about relationships. And this is, this is a song out of Ireland. And uh, that's what I said at the onset. I do enjoy different cultures and I'm actually just intrigued with when people share from different cultures what, what some of the things are that are so special and so forth for them and, and the music and so forth that they, that they grew up with and so forth like that. And uh, the music I grew up with was different and so forth than some of you and so forth like that. And I can, I enjoy music over a wide scale to some extent. I have my favorites, but anyhow, uh, they made mention of St. Peter. I don't, don't hold me for that one. I don't know how that will be at the end time. 
But I do know one thing that I do say people about when we leave this world and catch our last breath and, and move on. I don't know how that will be. We have some description of that at times from books and people that study it. But the thing that my dad experienced when he left, I want to be there. That was special. Excuse me. Okay, let's get to John. John. Sure. Since you asked for feedback, I'm a little late, but this song kind of goes along with that song that Jay and the worship team sang this morning. I never heard that before. But it really spoke to me about having room in our hearts for Jesus and that we can come as we are. And when it says you go out the same way you come in, I just really felt to throw this out to everybody that how unconditional God's love is for each and every one in here. It doesn't matter who you are, where you've been. You can come as you are. And God accepts you. Always. So I just want to throw that out to all of you. That whatever you may be dealing with this Christmas season, God is there for you. Never forget it. Thanks, Dorothy, for stepping in. You know what it's about. You, you're going through a time. You're missing Earl and so forth like that. But we also have a hope and a trust what Earl, where Earl is at and also the legacy he left. And uh, we're here on earth not to be just doers. And that's something that came to my mind in the last couple weeks. Uh, growing up in a setting where there was a lot of doing, and we were good at it, and it was nothing wrong with what we did, but let us remember, and I think uh, last fall, or this earlier this summer, Tyler, you went through that book about being, and not so much as doing, being with Jesus, and so forth. I had some of that material. I wasn't part of the groups then because of a work situation, but anyhow, we are called to be in Jesus, and then the doing comes after that as we interact with Jesus. But anyhow, this morning's message and the time we have here on teaching comes out of Matthew 11, verses 2 through 11. And uh, just to show you who I am, I'm a four farm boy turned into a diesel technician. And I told Linda this week, if the trucks could talk, I'm not sure. They might have been almost close to Christianity. But anyhow, I was talking to myself at times and so forth like that. But anyhow, John, the setting was, John was in prison. And uh, was he in prison only because of what he had said about questioning John or saying to John about his marriage? The historians feel there was more to it. I'm not saying this is uh, salvation or so, but they felt... Herod also felt a political and a power threat in a way because of the, the, the personality John the Baptist had uh, as he preached and as he taught the people. 
So John was in prison, and uh, you know, why was he in prison? Well, for some of those reasons. So John sends two of his disciples to Jesus to see if he's the real Messiah, and John was in Jerusalem, and Jesus was in Galilee. So this was a couple days' journey and so forth to get there. And then also in Luke 1, 13 through 17, I'm going to turn to that, uh, read that. Luke, the first chapter, and that is where the angel came to Zacharias. And then appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing in the right side at the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was terrified, and fear overwhelmed him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, for Zechariah, for your prayers have been heard. Again, bringing out the, the heart and the life of Zacharias, the preparation. And I'll get to that more later concerning reflecting and rejoicing back, to, back on this. And, uh, but John was in prison, and John had a question. Why did he have this question? Wasn't he part of the baptism? And there again, if you read the Gospels and so forth like that and go on through, it's a little interesting in how they relate to this. Mark, Matthew, Mark come over sort of the same thing. Luke terms it a little different and so forth like that. But we're not here this morning to dispute that. It, according to the scriptures, it looks like John was there. Jesus asked him to be baptized and, and in that, and that's where we're at. Then John was thrown into prison, and John was sending his disciples because he had heard about the, some of the works of Jesus to see if this is the true Messiah. Why would he have doubted this? Start, just think about this. You would think he'd have the answer because Zacharias and Elizabeth were somehow connected with Mary, the mother of Jesus. Mary, the mother of Jesus, went to Elizabeth during that time of pregnancy and so forth like that. There was a connection there. Some feel there was like relative, blood relative. Some feel it was the same community. Some feel that they just knew each other. Doesn't matter really on that part, but there was a connection and so forth like that. But anyhow, verse 2, again, why did John question about the true Messiah? Was he actually not sure? Was he lonely and discouraged? Think about prison. We don't have to go into a lot of details. It wasn't what we have today in prison. And you can only imagine the, the conditions. He may have been wondering whether, when the liberation of God's people from the bondage and oppression will really take place. And as you study these settings during that culture and so forth like that, and they were looking forward to the Redeemer, the Messiah, to come and, and literally take them out of their oppression and their bondage and start a kingdom and so forth like that. And then if you look at John's ministry and preaching and teaching versus what Jesus started out to do, there is a difference. John was sort of in your face and so forth like that in teaching and preaching and calling them on the carpet and saying where they were wrong and what they need to do. Jesus was starting out with healing, being in front, and, and doing things like that. And here's a question. What kind of Messiah leaves the forerunner in prison? Did he think that or not? I don't know. You know, those are things that could have gone through his mind. Did he think Jesus was too easy on people? According to the historians, John grew up among uh, the, 
the essence they call them they were they were a priestly a group that trained and so forth like that I'm not going to get into that I read a little bit on it I don't think it's it's something you can pursue on your own self and so forth but again there was a difference in their style of teaching and preaching and John was thrown into prison and again why would the Messiah leave the forerunner in prison that's that could have been a question he had but in verse 4 Jesus responds to the disciples that John had sent and let me turn back to Matthew And Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the leopards are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. Blessed is anyone who takes no offense in me. Just again, a quick rundown of what he's doing. Take it back to John. Tell him. He can then see what I'm doing, and he can figure it out. He knows then who he is. How is this a part of the rejoicing in the Advent season? I'm going to read off partly some quotes I picked up, some I just sort of put together along with it. As we look at the prophecy and birth of Jesus, the prophecy of John the Baptist, what all transpired in those prophecies, the birth of two men, the people involved, the parents, the prophets, then also the hope we have in the future home in heaven, all these things are a part of rejoicing that we have this season. Because God has a plan and he will carry out his plan. Whether that is for somebody to be quiet for a couple months till his son is, sorry, let me. Because God has a plan, he will carry out his plan, whether that is for somebody to be quiet for a couple months till a son is born, or a virgin is asked to be the mother of the Messiah, our Savior, and Joseph marries his spouse husband to walk with her and be there with her and understand that this is God's plan. As we reflect on these happenings in the scriptures, it causes us to rejoice in today's world. When we, and, and then it refers to Philippians 4.4 about rejoicing. But if we think about that, you know, when, you had the, when Zacharias had the vision and was quiet, and some of that was covered in the past Sundays. Uh, <clears throat> you know, after the shock, you think, I mean, I'm sometimes crazy with my thinking. You think Elizabeth was sort of happy? It was, it was sort of quiet around the house a little bit for a while. But, you know, after that sort of got wore off, you know, there was concern and so forth. Will he ever talk? Because my mom had a stroke. She couldn't talk after that. And we always thought, you know, the first couple weeks, the first couple months in therapy, will she get her speech back? Maybe, maybe, maybe she can. She never did. Where was God? I'm not questioning God. It's part of life. It's part of health. It's part of dying. It's part of leaving this world. It can happen. We don't want to see it. We don't want to be a part of it. But this wasn't the case. John was going to get his voice back, and it is also worded that he will after because for and the angel according to the angel that was mentioned what for signs are we seeing today that are the works of Jesus just think a little bit you know when a when somebody I mean one of the thing, big things is when somebody comes to Jesus and actually finds that finds Jesus and is safe and so forth that's a big that's, that's a big thing, and that's a good thing. It says about rejoicing in the scripture, but there are a lot of other things. We can think of a lot of things. 
the works of Jesus. And then in verse 7, Jesus responds to the people that were there. And then he says to them, he kind of just, just sort of talks to them and says, actually, as they went away, Jesus again just speaks to the crowds about John. What, what, what did you go out in the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? Someone dressed in soft robes. Look, those who wear soft robes are in so royal palaces. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, more than a prophet. This is one of whom it is written. I'm sending my messenger ahead of you who will repair the way before you, coming out of Micah 3. Surely I tell you, among those born of women, no one has risen greater than John the Baptist. Yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Verse 11 is something that we should probably have on our walls at home. Truly I tell you, those born of women, no one has arisen greater than John the Baptist. Yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater. That is a promise that we can have and that we're a part of that. And again, Matthew 3, 3, as I look back on the, when John was preaching and so forth like that. Uh, yeah, let's just turn to that. Uh, put it on the screen if you can, Anthony. Matthew 3, uh, some of that was shared by, by you, Tyler, and so forth in the past Sundays. But again, there's a prophecy there. And John is just coming out, repenting, and so forth like that, and crying out the voice, talks about the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And that's what I want to get to, prepare the way. I had to think back of, uh, I had a short tenure with a paving company, and uh, being I was sort of the, the slip fit. I was their technician and guy in the shop in the summertime when things got a little slow at the shop. I got conned into about anything that I was able to do and it's like I t tell people I operated a lot of equipment for the paving company but most of them had wooden handles like a shovel and a rake. But anyhow, preparing the way, there was a crew of us as they were paving roadways, you prepared the way. You swept it, you made sure there's no foreign ops, uh, foreign things there like carcasses or anything like that, uh, however that may sound this morning, but you prepared the way, and it was very crucial for us to prepare the way. After that, somebody else came and, uh, and put uh, what we call uh, tack. It was petroleum and oil to where it uh, covered the old pavement, but it helped adhese the new asphalt and that he had his part, then the paving company came, and then the guys after that on their rollers, and so forth like that. And they all had a part, and they were repairing literally the highways we drive on, but it took all of us to do that. And I'm just saying that this morning, it's gonna take all of us here at LifeBridge, it's gonna take, as you go in your company, it's going to take all of you. We're, it, it's not a one-man show wherever we're at, whether it's at home or so forth like that. And uh, even with Linda and myself, just the two of us, it's not a one-man show. And things I came across years ago, and Stephen Covey, he's a, he's a Mormon, but he has a book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, a very good practical guideline. And it says, seek to understand, then seek to be understood. 
We try that, we, we sort of have that as our theme in marriage, but this stubborn head here sometimes forgets about it, and it always, yeah, we have to come back to it. But those are just sharing some of my journeys and some of the things, but preparing the way, let's look at that. Matthew 3, 3 is where he talks about, and the prophecy is there. And then according to that, as we read, the prophecy was there. John was the forerunner of Jesus, preparing the way for Jesus. What an honor. Think about it. Did it ever fully register with John? I trust it did in some ways. The question is, how am I preparing the way for the people to come to Jesus? Uh, again, Dorothy shared that song. I was going to make mention of that, but thanks so much, Dorothy, for jumping in because I jot it down quickly, and I'm not sure if I have the right words, all of the words in order. Is there room in your heart to tell his story, or is there room in his heart for Jesus? I'm not quite sure what the exact words were, but that was such a fitting, fitting song for this morning concerning what we have as this morning's teaching. What about relationships with people to where they realize that Jesus is the one they are longing for? Again, what about having relationships with people to where they realize that Jesus is the one they are longing for? And if you think about Jesus' teachings and ministry, that's the, that's, that was his style. John was more in your, telling them where they did wrong, what they needed to do. And Jesus did some of that too. And later on we see some of Jesus' reaction concerning cleansing the temple and so forth like that. But what about relationships with people to where, we real, where they realize that Jesus is the one they are longing for? That's, that's not original with me. That's, that's from somebody else. But that is, that is a quote. If you get everything else, hang on to that one. And how would that look? Let's turn to Luke 3, again, where, uh, concerning this, uh, this morning about John the Baptist. Luke 3, verses 10 through 14. I do. Got to wet my whistle a little bit. Luke 3, 10 through 14. And then the crowds asked him, what then should we do? Very, very good question. In reply, he said to them, whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none, and whoever has food must do likewise. Even the tax collectors came to be baptized, and they asked him, teacher, what should we do? And he said to them, collect no more than the amount prescribed for you. The soldiers also asked him, and we, what should we do? And he said to them, do not extort money from anyone by the threats or fall accusations. Be satisfied with your wages. In quick form, he covered three different groups of people. And uh, I'm not sure how they received it, but at least at the onset, in verse 10, the beginning, they genuinely asked him, what should we do? And that's what we need to do in our personal life. We know some of it. We sometimes try to do too much on our own. But it is when we travel with Jesus, and I've shared this before, there are four Gospels 
what are they? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And if you forget everything else I said this morning and think I'm an eccentric, I could care less. That was, the biggest, that was one of the biggest defining moments in my Christian life when somebody pointed that out to me. There's a reason. Those are, they are written that way. Those characters were disciples. They were chosen. And the other thing that we've got to remember, Jesus, the rabbi, always chose the disciple or the candidate or the student if you, in that culture. And we read that concerning Jesus. But Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John are in there for, in that order, like I mentioned earlier, some of it doesn't really line up, but there are four different men that write about the same era and so forth like that. And you start to see the heart and feel the heart of Jesus as you read that. And I've read them through once, go back, do it about four times. And if you do that, you, all at once you start to get the heart of Jesus more and more. And it's, it just helps you to, concerning your respond and so forth like that. And, you know, if you think I'm a holy man, I'll just share you. I was at work the other night and trying to finish a truck. And if you understand an engine, there are things on the top, rocker arms and all that, that do the moving. And I was putting that all together. And I'm, I'm try, I usually am pretty careful that I don't get disturbed. And I have my checklist and I have my paint marker. And I went through all of this and... Uh, then I, then I go back and retrack this, 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 this. Because before you put the cover on, you want to be sure everything's in there. We, I sometimes kit the customers or so, oh, well, we usually leave the oil pan off the last, and then whatever's left, we throw in there and bowl it up, and just to mess with them. But anyhow, I uh, just, I'm not sure why I'm telling you this. I guess just to, just to tell you that I'm, I'm just sometimes, I'm far from perfect, but this tells you who you are. I did everything. I put the cover on, and you have to put the gasket in and all that and go through that and make sure it doesn't have any oil leaks. I did all that. I turned around, and I have my tool card, and there was a clip that needed to be underneath to retain a wiring harness so it doesn't get into the moving parts. What do you think my response was? Well, there were some things said that, weren't, that shouldn't have been said. But I kind of got over that by realizing if I wouldn't have caught it then, I would have had to go. It would have been, here it was 15 minutes difference of work, rework, maybe a half hour. Otherwise, it would have been two hours after I got everything on. But just saying, we have our moments. We're not perfect and so forth like that. Whether John, what he was thinking in prison, we don't know for sure. We have some ideas, we try to run that through our, our heads and so forth like that, but he had questions. He just wanted to make sure and so forth like that. But again, a quote here I have. Am I sitting in my own prison? Or what prison is hindering me from preparing the way for Jesus? What's holding me back from preparing and showing people the way to Jesus? What about having relationships with people to where they realize that Jesus is the one they are longing for? Again, we are in the season of Advent. Hope, peace, joy.
and as we anticipate the coming of Christ and also the joy we have of living. See, that's the beautiful thing about Christianity. We can have the peace, the hope, and the joy of living every day with, a, with, a, with somebody that we know that's got it right and has a plan. We don't always agree with the plan. I'm human enough to sometimes resist it and, and be stubborn and so forth like that. But he has a plan. He has a plan for me. He has a plan for all of us. And that's what, that's what these scriptures are trying to bring out because it is for us. And it's a good way of approaching the season. And again, it's not my birthday. It's not your birthday. It's Jesus' birthday as we approach this season. Let's pray. Dear God, as we're here this morning, we just thank you for being here. You know, I would have been a lot more comfortable with my toolbox and a sputtering old truck to try, try and diagnose it. But we're here, we pray what I studied and what I gleaned from your word and was shared that people could see what your holy scriptures are and what they can be and who you are. Again, thank you for this morning. Thank you for allowing me the privilege to share what I've learned. And again, thank you for being the savior of the, sending the savior of the world, the only son, and that we as the least maybe in the kingdom of heaven can be just as much as John the Baptist or more. And again, thank you for this saving grace as we continue through the service. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the LifeBridge podcast. For more information about our church, please visit lifebridgedover.org. There you'll be able to find out more about the church community, our ministries, ways to get involved, recommended resources, and to give. Be sure to subscribe to receive new episodes directly into your podcast feed. While we are glad that you're checking out our podcast feed, we believe that the New Testament teaches that church worship is to be experienced weekly, in person, within your local church community. Thus, we encourage you to either join us in person for Sunday morning worship, or to find and commit to a local gospel-centered church community in your neighborhood. Thanks.